Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for the Chiefs Kingdom Show, live with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. It's presented by Bad Boy Moors, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mo with an attitude. And by Hy-Vee. The world's best tailgating begins at Hy-Vee. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Before we get you into the Chiefs Kingdom show, just a quick reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Festo in the Morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danon Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Now let's get you into the Chiefs Kingdom show presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Here is the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to our final Chiefs Kingdom show of the not-soon-to-be-forgotten 2021 season. As we end the first month of 2022, the year comes to a disappointing finish, and with a thud, actually, and a 27-24 overtime loss yesterday to the resilient, young, and talented Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. This one hits deep. I don't mind telling you. The Chiefs hit 20, uh, led 21 to 3 at one point and were up 21 to 10 with a few ticks on the clock to end the first half. They were stopped at the one yard line, getting no points out of that possession after having three touchdowns in their first three possessions of the game. Later, the Chiefs had a chance late in the game to regain the lead by four points with the made point after touchdown with 90 seconds left in regulation but the Chiefs could not turn a first and goal at the five-yard line into seven points. Normally, we would be in front of a live audience at one of the 19 KC Metro High V stores, and we were for the first 13 weeks of the season. But for the last seven weeks, because of the resurgence of the COVID situation, we have been in studio to do our Chiefs Kingdom show on the largest network in the National Football League. But much like those six previous weeks, we want to kind of capture the feeling of the moment and also give you the energy as if we had a live audience in front of us. Tonight, we're going to have a show you're going to want to listen to. So settle in for the next 55 minutes. We will hear very shortly from head coach Andy Reid and his reaction to yesterday's loss to the Bengals and his thoughts about moving forward. I'll be joined by Chiefs Radio Network executive producer Dan Israel, Also, we'll spend a little time on what this 2021 season, what made it different from any other year in the other 61 previous years in the history of the franchise. 
We'll also look ahead to dates that you need to know, players that you're interested in, and next year's schedule, which is worth some discussion. But first, a reminder, our Hy-Vee Score the Savings is uh, still going on tonight. You can shop Hy-Vee tonight and score 24 Fuel Saver discounts if you spend $24. Save $0.24 cents a gallon on your $24 purchase. Also at Hy-Vee, scan the Hy-Vee QR code. It's easy, way, way worth it, and you'll find the super hot deals. It is worth the two seconds it's going to take to scan the Hy-Vee QR code in the shape of the letter H. And thanks to all of you who were part of the Hy-Vee Hygiene Drive during the playoffs to help provide hygiene items to local area students. The season comes to an end, and it ends tonight with this show. Many of us thought this show would be the first of two Chiefs Kingdom radio shows to preview Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. But it's Cincinnati that will be moving on to represent the AFC with the Lamar Hunt Trophy, and they will face the hometown Los Angeles Rams. Tonight, we won't shy away from talking about the loss to the Bengals, but we're not going to stay there. We're also going to start the 2022 season with this show. Settle in. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to contemplate, and there's a lot to anticipate. This is the Chiefs Kingdom Show on the largest radio network in the National Football League, and we'll be back with more after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Edwards Alaire in the game, shifts now to a left flat, ball will snap on the right hash. Mahomes will step up against it, moving laterally, now throws it, looking for Tyreek Hill makes the catch, burning the defender, peeling back left, 20, 15, 10, 5, and into the end zone, touchdown! Kansas City, 75-yard touchdown. That was in week one against the Cleveland Browns, which seems like about 10 years ago. Quite honestly, this has been a long season, but for the Chiefs, many, many highlights. Tyree Kill with that 75-yard touchdown against the Cleveland Browns. Again, tonight we're in studio uh, with this Chiefs Kingdom show. We do appreciate the 13 weeks we were on site. I'll talk about that later in the show. But we just want to capture a lot of stuff tonight, and there's no better human to do that with than the guy that I've kind of shared the battle with for 28 seasons. You think I'm old. He was around four years before <laughs> I was there. Uh, our executive producer, Dan Israel. But, Dan, thanks for joining me uh, tonight as we look back a bit and look ahead a lot. You know, we need to do that, too, because, it, look, it's, it's tough. When you lose a game in overtime, it's tough. It's a heartbreaker, right? When you lose a playoff game that way and your season ends, it's even tougher. But this was an awfully good season, Mitch, to not look back and, and to really reminisce about the, the good points of it would be a mistake. And so I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, we're going to do that tonight. We will look back. We're not going to shy away from this loss uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. But the dynamic of this, and, and Dan, you've, you and I have been through this a lot, and there's every year is different, but one thing is the same. Unless you win the Super Bowl, which we have once, in our time together, the season ends like you're going down Interstate 70 and somebody pulls the emergency brake. Yeah. It, it, it's such a sudden, crazy stop after all of us have been going full throttle for six months. It's an airbag in your face. You just, you know, it, it really is hard to, and, you know, you can't expect it. I, I said the one thing about the 1993 AFC Championship is I had a whole half to get used to the concept. Montana's out. We're going home here this is the end of the season. That hasn't been the case in 2018. It wasn't the case 
last night. But the reality of it is, you know, that is you cannot have the reward without the risk. And the Chiefs made it to within an inch of the Super Bowl. You know, I, we were so close to the flame, we could feel the heat. And how often do you get a chance to do that? Let's give credit to the Bengals. Chiefs were up 21 to 3. We said it on the air. I mean, we brought up week 17 when the Chiefs led 14 to nothing, 21 to 7, 28 to 14, and yet could not put this team away. So let's give Cincinnati credit, and they're headed to Super Bowl 56. You know, it startled me how much like week 17 this game was. I really did not expect that. And I'm. I'm not sure I have all the answers I'd like to have from it, but, uh, you know, they're much better defense, I think, than you and I talked about this. They're a much better defense than people give them credit for. They were able to spy Mahomes, and they were able to cover, and they got things done, frankly, that the Buffalo Bills were not able to do. And, and I, you know, look, this, this Joe Burrow kid, I give him something. He may not know how big this stage is that he's standing on, but to his credit, he's tough enough to just stand up there and be ignorant of it, and it served them well, and he's pretty much carried an entire city on his shoulders. And, and you know what? I'm happy for the Bengals fans. I really am because oh, yeah. we were there a few years ago. Yes, we sir. know what it was like to wait years and decades for this. But, uh, you know, you're a Chiefs fan, and, and you saw that first half, and you know what this team is capable of. It hurts. There's no question about it. Put it in perspective for those in the Chiefs' kingdom, the Bengals were an AFL expansion franchise in the late 1960s, had never won a road playoff game until last week when they beat the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. And to win two in a row to make the Super Bowl uh, does give you that feeling that we felt in 2018 and what Coach Reed has done for years. One of the great blessings that you and I both get is to talk to Coach Andy Reed on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week or several times. But these Monday nights uh, we enjoy because he really kind of, he opens up his heart. Like it's, he's, and, uh, and you know he's hurting. He's hurting as much as anyone in the Chiefs kingdom. Uh, and, but what he's done to just transform this entire franchise has been way understated. I think he's the most underrated NFL coach in history, really, when you look at his resume. But this day is always tough on him because it's we call it the last day of school in the NFL. But he cares about his players, but he also knows it'll be the last time that he will coach a lot of these guys. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. You know, I mean, it, teams can't stay together. Even when a team comes back, it, it changes due to injury or some dynamic. Uh, and, and the reality of it is 31 teams every year go home early. They go home disappointed. There's only one team that gets to celebrate it with a parade, right? That gets to carry that Lombardi home. And, and so it's a tough league. And he, I, I, I think Andy is so laid back when he's in public or with the media that people don't understand exactly how competitive he is and how much he invests. And, you know, I think about you and I, and I, I told you last night after the game, suddenly all the work from the season, the weight of the immense amount of work that we go through in the season, you could just feel it last night. It's like, man, we did all that, and we yeah, we didn't get there. Imagine, Coach. I mean, it starts for him. Well, I'm sure he'll wrap things up probably in the next week here with this season, but immediately we'll start for the 2022 season, and it's hours upon hours. And, and so, and Coach is such a um, – He's such a people person. He loves his players. He truly, I mean, he loves them like family. And, and I think it, it hurt him to know that he didn't get them. He feels responsible for that. He didn't get them where 
he wanted. He didn't get the fans what they wanted. I, I think it's a heavy a burden on a guy, but, uh, you know, it just means a lot to him. It means that much. And on these Monday nights, we get a feeling of that heart that he's got, which is truly special. That's why this day is a really tough day for Andy Reid and everybody else because it just won't be the same. I mean, there's no team that's the same the following year, so you enjoy the moments you have together as a team. And, you know, we had a team that this year that was very close. They grew together. And whether the young guys or the old guys or the guys we brought in <clears throat> by the end of the year, I mean, these guys were as tight as anybody. So uh, as far as the team goes and um, you know, it's uh, so talking to them today, I'll, uh, they, they know, I mean, they've heard this. Uh, so you, it might be the last time you walk out the door, maybe you're coming back. It, 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 uh, that's part of this business, but wherever you are, we support you. And if you're here, we support you. And if you're, if you're going somewhere else, we'll support you. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how that, that's how that goes in, in this profession. The recent design of the national football league isn't for teams to stay together. It's not the seventies. It's not the sixties. Yeah. I mean, free agencies changed all of that. Players wanted that. And I think to some degree fans have been a benefactor of that as well. But the reality of it is every single year in the National Football League is a completely different team. Now, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, yes, right? But there are decisions this team has to make. And I I think, you know, you saw the news story come out about Tyron Matthew. Will Tyron Matthew be a chief next year? It's not as easy as, well, we want him to be. You know, we think he's a, a locker room leader. There's so much to that, especially with the salary cap the way it is. And and the teams are forced to make financial decisions. But Coach knows that, and so when you when you wake up today, you're looking at guys packing their lockers thinking, is he ever going to play for me again, you know? We'll get into more of that in the second half of the show. You won't want to miss it because we're going to get into moving ahead. Patrick Mahomes, though, as we glance back, and the second half for him uh, was just so atypical. He was on fire, 18-21 in the first half. I mean, didn't miss at all. And it felt like the psyche of that last not getting points at the end of the second quarter – did carry over to the third quarter because the third quarter and the fourth quarter and the overtime, very different for him. But let's look at this overall because you and I have discussed Patrick a lot this year. And in many ways, I thought it was his best year because he had to take, he was taking calc too now mm-hmm. in the NFL. The next, every NFL quarterback that thrives in this league for a long period of time has to go through what he went through this season. You know, if you think about a metaphor like a, a, a baseball pitcher, he comes up to the mound and he has a new pitch, a pitch nobody's ever seen before. And for the first season, everybody is like, how do I hit this thing? Well, eventually somebody figures out how to hit it, right? Now he can't rely on that pitch. Now he's got to develop his fastball. Now he's got to develop his sinker. He's got to get he's, – he's got to Im- evolve and improve. And I think for Mahomes, it was much that way. Early Patrick Mahomes was so athletic, so talented – he was so studied and prepared that he was able to use that athleticism in a way that people weren't used to. Batman is left-handed, right? I mean, that was amazing. We all looked at each other and said, what just happened? It was like watching Tyreek Hill for the first time. You know, you just – so I think a lot of teams the first two years were dealing with how do we stop this guy that's, that's just so athletic? Well, they start to figure out, okay, we do this, we do that. Now Mahomes has to figure out – how do I beat that defense? When they get into this mode that they think they're going to take this away from me, they're giving up something. Where is that? And let me go find it. So what we saw this year was a lot of evolution out of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so I, I thought he was way more patient this year. 
only because he had to be with uh, the different looks we were seeing. <clears throat> so um, I think this this was a, a great year for for him career wise. I, I think he uh, worked his way through maybe some obstacles and and uh, turned him into you know just good football. And uh, he we're lucky to have him. And so we, we get everybody gets in a critical state when when you go through a, a game like this, which is understandable. Then um, you back up a little bit and you, you realize that um, it, you know what you need to take care of, and, and you know that you're fortunate to have certain things. So um, that's that's human nature. So we, we've uh, we're very lucky to have Patrick and. I'm glad he's, you know, he and Joe Burrow are like a couple months difference in age. And um, we, we don't think of it that way because Joe is new in the league and and Patrick's been in for a while. So, you know, but they're very close in age and we're lucky to have them here. Seems peculiar we're going to say that on the second half of the game in the overtime, which he was unpatrick-like. In reviewing the game, Dan, it was second down that was the critical down because they were getting yards on first down. Second and six incompletion, second and six incompletion, second and three interception. Uh, They had second and goal at the four sack and second down and six incompletion. It wasn't obviously uh, it was just very unpatrick like in that game. And uh but it was, we were kind of stunned to see it, honestly. And, and a lot of times, you know, second down, we don't put a lot of stock in second down. You know, it's, hey, we got to get some yardage on first down. Don't put yourself in third and long. And, and second down is like what you do when the other two are, you know, working <laughs> right. But I, I thought it was a, a real interesting dynamic. And you and I have talked about, we've seen a lot of football, man. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team look so red hot, so unstoppable in the first half, and so inefficient in the second half. And it was really, look, you know, You'll hear Coach later, you know, take the credit for the second half. Uh, but the reality of it is Mahomes overthrew at one point one of his receivers 10 yards. I mean, we don't see that, Mitch. That's just not common for him. And and what what was causing that? I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it, things changed. The, the obvi- the, you got to give some credit to the Bengals for the adjustments they made at halftime because it was so night and day, so, you know, diametrically opposed to one another those halves were but I do feel like you know the the one thing you could hear in coach's last bite about Mahomes is and coaches had a lot of a lot of quarterbacks a lot of good ones and some crazy ones right and so <laughs> uh you know I I think the the thing you hear in his voice is look he does more than what the average guy does and we're lucky to have those abilities and I think that's a really important deal because Sometimes guys are going to have bad days. Was yesterday a, a bad day to have a bad day? <laughs> it sure was. But, uh, you know, and I don't think you can lay it squarely at Mahomes' feet either. It definitely was un-Mahomes-like, and, and I think it's unfortunate. But I think it's important to think all those times. I mean, the week before was a great example, right? We didn't even get to, to yesterday if Mahomes doesn't pull a rabbit out of the hat four times against the Bills. And so uh, I'm so happy that this kid is ours, and, and I call him a kid because he's 26 years old. He's, he's not kid. going anywhere. And it's happened to every quarterback, including Tom Brady, although he's won seven Super Bowls. He's also lost three, okay? It hasn't always been uh, candy canes for now the retired Tom Brady. Coach Reed, though, in Coach Reed fashion, and we've known him now for nine years, 
put it all on himself. Yeah, listen, buddy, I, I've got to, you know, uh, one of my jobs is to make sure everybody's put in the right position to do things. And so, you know, you can always do a better job with that. And, you know, that's uh, <clears throat> if you feel like things aren't going your way as a as an offense and then you kind of give them give them things that the guys can go out and and perform better and, and so when you look at these type of things that's how you go about it and each person does that and and they stick together and and hopefully you flip it around and you get some positive positive gains but uh i wouldn't just i'm not just sticking it on one person i mean this is a true team sport and we all could do our jobs a little bit better. Mitch, Coach, first of all, I love that Coach stands, takes the bullet every time in front of one of his players, and he's always going to do that. And people ask us, I know they ask you because they ask me, they say, mm-hmm. you know, why, why does he do that? Why does he just admit it? Well, let me tell you something. If you're a, Imagine yourself in the NFL and your coach does that in a press conference. That's the guy you want to play for. So – for all the fans out there that don't like when Andy says things like, we got to be better at this or we got to, you know, we'll get better. Recruiting. That's all I want to say. Because the NFL, it may not be college, it may not be high school, but there is still a recruiting aspect. And there's guys that have come to this team because they want to play for Andrew Reed. And the reason they want to play for him is because he'll take a bullet right in front of everybody for a mistake that they make. That's why Melvin Ingram says, I don't want to be a Stealer, but I want to be it's a exactly Chief. I right. want to play for Andy Reed. Okay. We're going to let, um, before we go to break, we want to hear from Coach, because it's not just players uh, that are transient in this league, it's also coaches. We've already seen in the front office, Ryan Poles, who's been here since 2009, uh, is going to be the general manager of the Bears. Coach today talked about maybe some movement on his coaching staff, because what's going on, probably as we speak here, are the exit interviews, not only with the players, but with his coaches. And we know Eric Bieniemy has been a candidate for being a head coach somewhere, but this is also a time, could there be coach movement? We've talked a lot about, you know, how uh, the, the next man up philosophy works with the players. They're always ready for, for that situation. The same exists within his coaching staff. Listen to Coach. I don't know that. I mean, I don't know. I haven't. <clears throat> sat down and talked to those guys yet and so um i will i'll get i'll get to that right now we're just the way this day goes we've got all the exit physicals we've got meetings with the play, each player individually uh, coaches assistant coaches and head coach and and then i've got a team meeting with the players coming up here so uh we've got a lot going on up to this point um you know so it's a busy day today Coach may not know exactly what's going to happen, but I can tell you the one thing, he is prepared for any movement in there. Yeah. And that's the way he works. And and, and, it, and it's a fair way to work, too. He doesn't hide talent in the corner like certain Belichickian patriotic coaches, right? <laughs> he, he, he wants these guys to succeed. He wants them to be head coaches in the National Football League someday. So he prepares them as such, and I think that's an, it's an amazing aspect. Exhibit A of what you just said is Ron Rivera, coach of the Washington football team. Sean McDermott's coach of the Buffalo Bills. John Harbaugh's coach of the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And Matt Nagy was coach of the Chicago Bears. Doug Peterson was coach, world champion Philadelphia Eagles. And they were all his assistants. So that's a prime example. And by the way, Bill Belichick has no coaches in the National Football League, I think, right now. But 
I yeah. digress. <laughs> all right. When we come back, there is part of this season. There's sting here for all of us, but you cannot let that really take over what happened this season that we have to remind you about before we look ahead to next year. That's coming your way, and you won't want to miss it. After this, you're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. In third down, snap to the right hip of Mahomes, moving to his left, holding it, now steps up, and is going to pump fake it, now throws across his body left for the end zone, and the pass is going to be caught in the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! Darrell Williams doing his best Kelsey and Tyreek Hill impersonation. Wrestles the ball from Jonathan Abram. What a play by D. Will Darrell Williams. Just yanking the ball from the Raider defender for a touchdown. And that was a moment that we want to uh, highlight this season because not only did Darrell Williams have 100 yards receiving in that game, but that was week 10 against the Raiders the week that the Chiefs went from worst in the AFC West to first in one week, worst to first. As this segment, we're going to spend some time for the next several minutes looking at the season in review and some of the most poignant moments. Uh, Mitch Holtis back with you on our Chiefs Kingdom show along with executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. Yeah, that loss last night stung, but you alluded to this. This was an unusual season. And in many ways, uh, some of, like a moment like that, worst to first in one week. I mean, you can go a whole career and never see it. So I remember the headlines in October, you know, bad Mahomes, bad defense, Chiefs don't stand a chance at the playoffs. And then we find ourselves moving from fourth place in the AFC to first place. We're fighting for the for the first seed in the, in the conference and a first round by, it just goes to show those guys in the locker room never quit, Mitch. They never quit. They, every week they went out and they made the adjustments that they thought were necessary to win that week's game, and they just kept plowing and plowing, and before long the whole field was was ready to go, and, and we went through three magnificent playoff games. Look, that yesterday didn't end the way we wanted it to, but we made it to the AFC Championship for the fourth time, and no team in the history, long, century-long history of the National Football League has ever done that. So record-setting season in so many ways. And, it, and I do think, you know, it's important that we remember the journey here because it was a fun one. Twelve wins for a fourth straight season. That's third all-time in NFL history. Eleven wins after Halloween. If there would have been a win yesterday, that would have set an all-time record. Six straight AFC West titles. That's tied for third most in NFL history and the most in the AFC West, which dates back to 1960 with the old AFL Western Division. So let's go to our first memorable highlight here, and that is the game where the division's basically on the line at SoFi Stadium um, against the Chargers. Chargers had taken the lead. Uh, the Chiefs scramble back to get into overtime and just set us up. They had beaten us earlier in the year, yep. you know, and here we are in SoFi on their field turf. The PA announcer is going absolutely crazy. Mitch is at his best when this occurs in overtime. A TD wins it. 28-28 tie in overtime. Edwards Hilaire, the running back to the left of Mahomes. Mahomes takes the snap at his right thigh, dumps it over the middle, caught by Kelsey at the 30. 
spins back up behind Kelsey at the 15-yard line. Kelsey at the 10-5. Touchdown, Kansas City. In the biggest AFC West game in five years, the Chiefs put the hammer down with a 34-yard touchdown pass. Mahomes to Kelsey. And the Chiefs take a commanding two-game lead in the AFC West with a gutsy, gutsy, gutsy win in overtime. Your call is great on that, but what's amazing about that is when you watch it and you watch Kelsey pull away from two defensive backs, he actually accelerates faster than the, the defensive backs. I said earlier in the year off-air to Dana and, uh, and Hughes and Josh Klingler, I said, yeah, I watched some stuff on Tony Gonzalez last night. You know, we underrate him. I'm, maybe he and Kelsey are closer than I think. No, <laughs> Tony Gonzalez never could have, good as he was, belongs in the Hall of Fame. He is not Travis Kelsey, and I have never seen a tight end ever before do this. I'm not sure we'll ever see another tight end do it post-Travis Kelsey, but when you outrun the secondary, you're not tight ends are not supposed to do that, Mitch. You and I love data. We grind through it. I thought Kelsey had his own planet. He has his own universe. Mm-hmm. And when you look at what he's done regular season and in the postseason – as compared not just against tight ends, against all-time receivers like Jerry Rice, he's there in the same sentence now. Every time you say that, it, it might get chills. Oh, my gosh. It's Jerry Rice, right? Yeah. All right, let's go to the next point, and that was the game in Denver. The NFL added a 17th game this year. I've called it the pre-playoff playoffs mm-hmm. because all of those games were competitive. Denver's season was over. Vic Fangio's going to get fired the next day, but Denver played like their franchise life depended on it, and the Chiefs – Looked like they were on the brink to lose the game. And if they lost the game, they've already won the division. They're in the playoffs. They're going to get a home game. But if they lose this Denver game, they're going to be going to Buffalo to play that crazy game and not have it at GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Imagine the difference there. I mean, uh, in in so many seasons, you know, you you think you put yourself in a position where you can just kind of rest maybe the last couple of – the the league just doesn't work that way. And so it took every ounce of effort throughout the regular season – to get there, but I, I what I love about this highlight, and as you listen to it, think about this because it harkens back over the past few years where we've said, "Man, we've got to get a, an inside linebacker. We got to change." I mean, we're we're weak there, you know. Where where's Derek Johnson when you need him? Well, take a listen to this. Melvin Gordon the third, the running back, hands on his knees at the right hash. Lock is now the ball's out. The ball is out and picked up by the Chiefs. Taking off is Melvin Ingram. They're chasing Ingram. He's at midfield. No, it's Dorian. It's at Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton at the 20. 10, 5, touchdown. Kansas City on a defensive score. Melvin Ingram knocked the ball out from Melvin Gordon, the third. And it was picked up by Nick Bolton, the rookie linebacker. Results of the play as a and it will go as a 92-yard fumble return. Knocked out by Melvin Ingram from Melvin Gordon, picked up by Nick Bolton. And then he took off and outran everybody. The Chiefs get a defensive score to lead 26-21. And what I love about this highlight is it highlights two things about this season that I think are amazing. The first is the first eight weeks for the Chiefs, the defense was just ponderously weak. They go out, they acquire from the Pittsburgh Steelers Melvin Ingram and it changed the defense. It changed the way they played. It changed the scheme. They moved Jones back inside, and suddenly we go from being a porous defense 
to a physical one. And I love that aspect. So the first part of this highlight, Melvin Ingram causes the fumble. The second part is Nick Bolton. When they, Nobody told me when we drafted Nick Bolton, he was going to be a stud. I expected him to be good. I've seen him a little at Missouri. I did not expect this rookie to play like that this year. And he... He got better every week the first six to eight weeks of the of the season. And by the end of the, the year, I was asking, how is this kid doing it? And I just think it's so refreshing to see he and Willie Gay in there at linebacker. The Chiefs finally have linebackers. We can finally stop the run. I just We can run sideline to sideline. So I love that highlight for those two reasons. Well, you know, Mahomes won some throws back yesterday. I would love to have that playback. Of the play-by-play back because I would have said Drew Locke is the only guy who can catch Nick Bolton, which he couldn't. And I thought, it's the Mizzou spring game. <laughs> it's Mizzou chasing Mizzou. And I think, oh, I wish I'd have said that. But it happened so fast and it was crazy. Uh, yeah, right? It was awesome. But that then put the Chiefs in a position to be the number two seed. With Tennessee losing to Cincinnati in the divisional playoff round on a Saturday, the Chiefs knew if they beat Buffalo – on a Sunday, that they would host the AFC Championship game for an unprecedented fourth straight year, NFL history. And then the craziest game occurred that we've ever been a part of. Um, you and I were both on that franchise piece that has become popular. Mm-hmm. All of our research had pointed like, I don't, it's, it was prophecy of like, this is going to be an epic game. We had no idea. We could live two lifetimes and never see the Buffalo game again. No, you could script that for Hollywood, and, and you, wouldn't, Maybe. you wouldn't have put that much drama into it. <laughs> I love seeing the chart at the end of that game, the game-winning percentage. You know, it's it's bouncing around 50% for most of the game, and then it goes into an absolute worlds of fun mamba roller coaster at the end of that. But, uh, wow, what a game. Instant classic. I, I don't think, despite the way this season might have wrapped up, I don't think I'll ever forget that game. I don't think fans will ever forget that game. If you were in the stadium, if you were watching at home on your big screen, there's no way you're gonna, you're not gonna remember this game, right? And it, and it was immense in the 13 seconds, and we could talk for probably a full kingdom show on that 13 seconds, right? But you get into overtime and the calmness and the preparation that the team uh, demonstrated, and then you get down to where Kelsey and Mahomes are making it up on the field, an unstoppable combination. And what you end up with is another Mahomes to Kelsey victory. 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. Guys in your position can often interject hyperbole in there. The greatest duos of all time was not hyperbole. Not those two. Not those two. Not those two. Not when you look at Patrick Mahomes has had the best 11-game stretch in playoff history of any stretch. Yeah. Okay. It was Montana and Rice out there doing stuff that, you know, I mean, they were just wearing Chiefs jerseys. Yeah. It was crazy. Okay. It's time to move forward and look ahead. When we come back, we're going to talk about important dates, what the Chiefs are facing with free agency, and it's profound. We'll look at next year's schedule and the draft picks the Chiefs have as uh, Dan Israel will uh, join me for the next 10 minutes or so, but we'll come back to take a look ahead. And, man, is it interesting. We'll have that after this. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. 
snap to Bridgewater. Back to throw against the pocket, deflected, intercepted, intercepted by Sorensen at the 40. He's at the 50 and breaks a tackle. Sorensen at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. The second consecutive year that Dirty Dan Sorensen has had a pick six against the Broncos. One of four career pick sixes by Dirty Dan Sorensen, who is a free agent and entered this league in 2014. So, as we discussed on the show, and we'll get into this now, the future, as uh, I'm joined once again by the executive producer of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. By the way, our guests all year long are given a gift by Hellsberg, sponsors of the show. Hellsberg with uh, over 200 locations and serving the Chiefs Kingdom for 100 years. I don't know if you get the bling or not. We have a live studio on tonight. Uh, Pro Bowl flight Send attendant. Send the bling that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lisa LaGuardia is with us tonight. Uh, so we do have a live audience. Um, she she but, needs the bling more than I do, yeah. for sure. Hellsbergs. Uh, they're awesome, by the way. Okay, let's look ahead. I'm going to go through the calendar here. As we, uh, This is a league that never sleeps, as we know. Uh, the Combine will be March 1 through 7 in Indianapolis, as always. March 8 is the date to designate either franchise or transition players. That could be That's big. An important one. Uh, March 14 to 16 is the weird legal tampering uh, two <laughs> days where you can, oh, talk to some free agents and maybe get them ready to sign. March 16th is actually the start of the new year. So if you want to bring in the new year and sing all Lang Syne, you can do it at 3 Central Time on March 16th. That's the official 2022 NFL year begins. April 18th starts the offseason workouts, and then April 28th through 30 is the National Football League draft in Las Vegas. And a reminder, next year, the NFL draft 2023 will be in Kansas City. When I hear that, I get tired thinking. <laughs> no, just thinking let's about start it. Right? All this. We got to start all over, man. I need to go to sleep right now to get ready for that one. The, the, you know, I, th- I think it's amazing when you read off those list of dates, right? How much, how, how little off season there really is in, in the National Football League. You know, I mean, you, you walked away from yesterday's game, going, "Oh man, I got to wait all the way to next year to do this again." Not really. I mean, it's going to start up pretty quick, and and I think one of the first important dates that you just read on there is that franchise tag. I mean, what are they going to do there? I mean, the, the, we, we talked about the Chiefs. Uh, the, every team has to change. Every team has to to you know swap out pieces, and it all kind of starts with what you can do financially, and, and a big part of that can be where you place the franchise tag, whose contracts are where they're, you know, whose contracts are up, whose contracts are, you know, you've got players locked in with, and, and what kind of dead cap money you end up with. There's just so much to consider there. So I think that's going to really start the process. Your point is put in italis, italics because here's the list of free agents. Tyron Matthew, Orlando Brown Jr., Jaron Reed, Chavarius Ward, Melvin Ingram, Darrell Williams, Mike Hughes, Derek Nottie, Dan Sorensen, mm. okay, Michael Burton, not done yet, uh, Andrew Wiley, Alex Okafor, Jerick McKinnon, Blake Bell, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Mike Remmers, Chad Henney, Ben Neiman, Armani <laughs> Watts, and Dorian It's O'Dan. only 53 players, Mitch. <laughs> I think there's like, like 22 <laughs> on this list. I mean, that, that's where the, I think the Chiefs have 30 players right now under contract, if I'm not mistaken. How about how about Jerick McKinnon? Right, what did he do for himself this last couple of weeks? Right, um, uh, there's so much that has to go into this. I mean, you know, you you think about the personnel and the scouting departments, and and you know, you you know what your draft picks are, and and let's face it, when you lose the AFC Championship, there's a pain that comes with that in the draft as well. 
when you when you win a Super Bowl, there's a pain that comes with the draft. You get the last pick. You're not getting the top tier talent. You got to work harder. You got to research. You got to find diamonds in the rough, and and so all of this factors into these free agency moves. And you know, yeah, look, we want to keep Melvin Ingram. We want to keep this guy. Uh, but you just can't be done with the salary cap the way it is. And I think there's some some really – I mentioned Tyron Matthew because it's a significant one. You know, you can't just spend money. Orlando Brown, you, you, you and I talked about if you spend the money on Orlando Brown, you're locking out somebody else. If you don't spend him, where do you go get a left tackle? Left tackle, yeah. right? So there's so much that has to go into those decisions. and Which is why your point on that March 8th date, a designated franchise or transition player is big, particularly when you talk about the guys we just mentioned. Chiefs will have draft picks in the first round, second round, third round, another third round pick as compensation, compensatory pick for Ryan Poles. Uh, also a fourth round pick, sixth round pick, and a whole gaggle of seventh round picks. Now let's get into next year's schedule. Um, eight home games, Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Rams in the Super Bowl, hmm, Seahawks, Buffalo coming yeah. back. Wait for the – smells the like Sunday night time, football, doesn't it? It may be two of those games <laughs> yeah. again. Denver, Chargers, Raiders, of course, in the division. Away. Arizona away, Houston away, Indianapolis away, San Francisco away, Cincinnati away, yeah. Denver Chargers Raiders. But there's a ninth a game, 17 games. The Tampa Bay game will be on the road. So the Chiefs are playing all of the tough teams again. But the question is, will that Tampa Bay game, where will that be? Because you and I talked when that 17th game put in, are they going eight home, eight road and maybe one internationally. I think so. I mean, I ultimately, look, you know, none of those decisions have been made yet, but here's what we do know is that the league has dished out those rights to international cities. You know, the, the Chiefs have the rights to to market themselves in Germany and I think Mexico. Mexico. Um, so, you know, it makes sense for them at some point to start playing games to introduce their product to those audiences. And, and whether that's next year or not, I don't know, but I, I think it's a possibility. And I think... You know, the, the, as the league grows, you're going to see more and more of that, and it's just going to become a part of, of our mix. The other thing I think that's interesting about when you finish high in the in this, you know, you go to the AFC Championship, you go to the Super Bowl, that schedule. I mean, listen to who we're playing. You're playing the best of the league. That's the way it's designed. Yeah. So, you know, but I, and I know Coach loves that, but it, it, when you look at it and you read it and you listen to Mitch Holtus say it, it's daunting. Playing all the teams that played yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the two teams will be playing in two weeks. But, Dan, we'll let you go. Uh, this kind of closes out this year. It, it, you know, the last day of school is also for us on the network. We just we hit it. It's all year long, but it goes to warp speed starting at training camp. Our 28th year together. Um, I'll be back to close out the show here after this last break. But I just want to tell you, um, how amazing you are and what a blessing it is to work with you for 28 years. Um, I'm going to get emotional talking about it, but um, it's it's just one of the greatest blessings of my life to work with you professionally and have you as a pr- friend personally. Well, you know, I feel the same way. Thank you. And, and, you know, in the trenches, it's tough. It can be tough. We've been through two and 14 seasons. And I'll tell you right now, uh, being able to do a competitive season where the the Chiefs are in it every every year is, is amazing, and there's nobody better nobody better calling a game than you, my friend. And I, I I I appreciate every moment I stand behind you. God bless you, my brother. Appreciate you and our entire crew. We come back. We will close it out in our final segment of the Chiefs Kingdom for this season. After this, you're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. 
Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. And Mahomes at his own 36, down by three. Three wide to the right, one wide to the left. Mahomes over the middle, cut Tyreek kill it to 45, angling right 40, 35, Cheetah, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, a 64-yard touchdown, Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, and Mahomes has just set an all-time National Football League record with his 24th touchdown in the postseason in his first 10 games. This none bigger, none bigger than this 64-yard catch and run. 32-29 Kansas City with a minute two to go in the game. We thought that was going to win the Buffalo game. Ha, ha, ha. That was just the middle of the fireworks pack going off. There was a whole bunch more explosions after that. But Tyreek Hill, so unique uh, as a player, and he has his own place in National Football League history. Okay, so this unique season of Chiefs football has come to an end for 2021. A season of ups and downs, twists and turns, a 6% chance to win the AFC West on October 31st and ended up being a sixth consecutive division title, something that had never been done in the AFC West, was won the day after Christmas. Two more playoff wins. That's a total of eight for Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs teams after the Chiefs went 24 seasons with one Total playoff win. A season where Travis Kelsey cemented himself as the all-time tight end in NFL history. And the Chiefs once again won 12 games for a fourth straight season. That's third all-time in NFL history. First and foremost, I want to thank the 19 store managers and directors of the KC Metro Hy-Vees. For 13 weeks, you did it. You made the environment safe and special for all who attended. The Chiefs Kingdom shows when we had them live brought back all of that excitement and interest and energy. I'm sorry to the Hy-Vee on 23rd Street in Independence, the Gladstone Hy-Vee and the Hy-Vee at 95th and Antioch in Overland Park. We were ready to host shows there, but precluded from doing so because of the resurgence of the COVID virus. Also, a special thanks to the people here at Odyssey and the intergalactic headquarters of the Chiefs Radio Network. Executive producer Dan Israel, a brother who was with me tonight on this show. Program Director Steven Spector. Our on-site producer here in studio, Nick Price, who was phenomenal. Our engineering team of Ken Wolf and Dustin Hilton. To Ryan Westward, who was outstanding, awesome on-site as our producer when we were live on-site at Hy-Vee's. A really special thanks to Production Director A.J. Engel, who went far and above to work extra to make this show special for you the fans of the kingdom. To Brad G. of the Chiefs PR Department, along with Amanda Carlo from the Chiefs Organization, who help with guest recruitment and logistics. Yesterday's loss to the Bengals stings, but it does not stop the spirit of the kingdom, who just happens to have a future Pro Football Hall of Fame head coach, a future Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, a future Pro Football Hall of Fame tight end, and more. Eight playoff wins in four years, six straight AFC West titles, four straight AFC championship games, two Lamar Hunt trophies, and a Lombardi trophies on their resume as we attack the 2022 season. Thanks for making my 28th season one I will never forget. We'll be back next year on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mow with an attitude. And by High V. The world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Wiggler. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show. As a reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Fesco in the Morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danon Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 